From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 228 for the week of December 5th, 2013. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by James Unlimited Travel, helping you plan a perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disney team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata Willie, and Michael Bowling, plus our special guest Nicole Blake. In this segment, Nancy has her final look at making healthier dining choices at the Disneyland Resort. Nancy? We are wrapping it up with the the resort hotel eateries. So, um, when you stay at a Disney Resort hotel, of course, you always have plenty of options of food all throughout the hotels. You know, if you want to go back, take a break. The hotel restaurants are great destinations and amongst themselves. Certainly, we've done a ton of podcasts already on those restaurants. So, we're going to take a different angle at this. And I thought having Nicole on the show would be great since she wrote me such a wonderful um letter of advice on healthy eating. Nicole, tell us also a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, Well, I um, became a certified personal trainer this past summer after uh, kind of getting into, seriously, um, getting into like um, working out, um, an amateur bodybuilding, I guess. I don't compete or anything like that. People always ask me if I compete, but um, I'm really not a competitor. So I just do it to maintain good health. So I decided to kind of take it a step further and get certified. And now I'm actually going to be starting personal training at, um, at one of the big box gyms tomorrow, actually. After kind of just training friends, I decided to step it up and figure if I'm going to be spending three hours a day at a gym, I might as well get paid for it. Start so, and I, I started working out um, about... Oh, three years ago, and I have chronic fatigue syndrome. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been sick since I was 12 years old. Oh. And it wasn't until I started working out and lifting, weightlifting, not just running, because I'd been running and it really wasn't getting me anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just because I was on a treadmill, but, um, you know, I, I was running and doing all this cardio, but it wasn't getting me anywhere, so that's when I started weightlifting and then watching my diet. And all of a sudden, one day I was in the car and I looked at my husband and I said, I don't have a headache. And he was like, okay. And I'm like, no, I, I don't ache all over. I, I, I feel good. And it, just like, it was like a light bulb moment. And I realized, oh, my gosh, my life is changed. So, um, so that's when I kind of decided to really pursue this because I realized changing your diet and changing your lifestyle and working out can could actually make me better for the first time. And I'm, thir- I'm going to be 38 in February. And I've been sick since I was tw- you know, from 12 to when I was like 36. So, I mean, that was a major change for me. So that's where I'm coming from um, when we talk about healthy lifestyles. Is I, know, I know the change it can produce in, in your life. Yay. And that's a really good thing, especially when you have situations as difficult as traveling on vacation, going to Disney, mm-hmm. where there are so many bad choices present. <laughs> right. And 
And I especially wanted to bring you on um, during the hotel segment because here at the hotels, we we find one of the largest challenges um, to healthy eating, and that is buffets. Yes, yes. Buffets can be a challenge. You know, um, a hint for a buffet is maybe to go in with an idea of how much you're going to eat and not just wing it. You know, um, to also scope out the buffet before you get in line for anything. Take a look at what the options are and decide what you want. Because the problem with a buffet is you grab a plate, you get in line, and you're like, oh, I'll take some of this, I'll take some of this, and then you get to something you really do want. And so you pile that on your plate. You know, so if you scope it out and can kind of just wait for the things you know you want and then take a reasonable portion, whenever I go to a buffet, I try to get the small salad plate. And I use those rather than the big regular dinner plates because I realize it is a buffet and I want my money's worth and I know I'm going to get back in line because there's something also very like social about a buffet you know it's part of it's like an experience Mm -hmm. yeah so um I know I'm going to get back in line so I take a small plate I scope out the scene decide what I want to put on my plate before I ever get in line and it keeps me from overfilling with things I don't want and then I wind up eating even though I'm really not crazy about what I picked and I tend to be kind of the opposite on that. Um, and I decide I'm only going to really do one pass. So I have a tendency to overload my plate for that one pass and be done. So can you, I, you can I keep yourself from not getting back in, not getting back in line. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. I just don't have that kind of willpower. <laughs> I have to really plan it out ahead of time. Well, so. I end up with like the Matterhorn of buffet plates. <laughs> <laughs> and then pushing things around to try and get it. So in some ways, that's bad enough on its own, too. Right. So um, what do you want to look for when you're on a buffet? Um, I guess it depends on me. Are we talking a breakfast buffet or a dinner buffet? Well, let's do both because we know um, – at the Grand Californian, Storytellers mm-hmm. serves the breakfast buffet. And then at the okay. Disneyland Hotel, oh, also at um, at Paradise Pier, you get another breakfast buffet also. And then also at the Disneyland, you get breakfast and dinner. So okay. Now, for the breakfast, because I haven't done the buffets at the Disneyland Resort. Do they do, like, a, do they have an omelet bar where you can go up and... Like I know at um, yes. 1900 Park Fair at Grand Floridian, they have an omelet thing station where you can go up and order an omelet because that's a really great option because then you can order, I'd like two egg whites, please, you know, no salt or with spinach, you know, whatever you want. You can really customize your breakfast. So if they have that, that would be the first thing I would recommend for a breakfast buffet is, is an egg white omelet. Okay. You can't go and, wrong. It's the protein. And you know you're watching them make it in front of you. They're not adding in a bunch of salt and mm-hmm. things you don't really need. Okay. And I know that all the breakfast buffets also have a selection of meaty items. Um, sometimes right. you can, you know, it's hard to say what would your sausage pick? What would your meat breakfast meat pick be? They usually have a chicken apple sausage, a bacon, and a regular sausage. Isn't that about right, Tom? And and then some have ham in various different ways. Um, if they didn't have 
turkey bacon. I guess I have to go for the chicken sausage. Um, but if possible, you, you don't need to get your protein from, from a sausage or okay. even bacon. Um, granted, you're on vacation. If you don't normally eat those things and you want a bite of it, one piece of bacon or one piece of sausage isn't going to going to ruin your entire diet. You know, it's one piece on one one meal on one day. But there's so many better options for protein. You know, they, I know they usually have like cottage cheese. That's a really great option. A lot of times the buffets have yogurt. That's a great option. Um, well, each one of them like has. Said, each one of them also has their own house-made smoked salmon. That would be my my option. I first of all, I'm a seafood freak, and if it comes from the ocean, I will devour it. And this, so the salmon would just really, really fit the bill. But if you're not into, I mean, some people don't like fish, and some people don't like cold fish. But if you do, that's that's the option to go with. It's a little salty, but you know, depending on the weather, like you pointed out in other segments, Nancy, um, you're, if you're sweating a lot, you need to replenish your your sodium intake to an extent anyway. So the amount of sodium might not kill you, um, but that would that would be the, the neat option to go with. You're getting a lot of your um, good fats and. It's lower calorie and um, lower in the bad fats than you're going to find in the sausage and the bacon. Okay. Okay, so if we're looking at that end, how would you handle the selection of sweets and desserts and breads and, you know, what's your choice of like a breakfast pastry type thing if you wanted something sweet besides fruit? You know, I really try and stay away from that stuff um, in general. And I'm not huge, I'm not a huge sweet person myself. It, it's harder for me to stay away from the bacon than it is for me to stay away from the pastry. Um, but if I had to pick a bread item or a pastry item, I, I just don't think there's really, I, the issue of carbs isn't what I'm, what I'm worried about because I think this no-carb, low-carb craze has kind of gotten out of hand. We need carbs. And like I talked about in my letter to you, we have to eat for what we're going to do. So especially at breakfast, you have to eat for what your day is going to be. And you need the carbs. You need the carbs to get that, that rush of energy to get through your first part of your day. You need the protein to keep you feeling full and satisfied. Um, you don't need the sugar from a pastry. That's just going to give you a crash. You know, so if you're if you're gonna have a carb, I would, and we're talking about bread stuff. I mean, if you're gonna have a carb, I'd go for oatmeal. But I guess it's like they had half of a bagel. Yeah, they always There's have nothing bagels wrong with having them. half of something. You know, an English muffin, but maybe just do half of it. Um, and then Avoid just really the, the sweets. Yes, they're filled with butter and they're delicious. But they're filled with butter and it's more than it's more than you really need, and yeah, avoid the croissants and avoid anything with um, jelly filled, chocolate filled. You know, as yummy as they are, they're not going to be doing you any favors in the long run. Right, and then, and then plus that'll boost up your sugar and give you that crash mm-hmm. later on too. I mean, 
personally, personally, the pastries at these buffets, they're not that great. Nope. <laughs> that it's worth, right? You know, I mean, they're they're kind of like bought in pastries. I'm I'm, I'm assuming because that's what they taste like, and yeah. and you you eat them and you're using up a vast amount of um, your calorie intake and your sugar intake. If I'm going to spend those calories and spend that sugar intake, I'd rather spend it on a Mickey bar later in the day or, or Dole Whip when I want something refreshing and sweet. You know, I'd rather spend it somewhere else, not on a bought-in pastry at a buffet. So think in terms of your whole day ahead of you. Am I, you know, is this going to replace something else? that I want more. Okay. You know, if you, look well, at your, if you look at the day in front of you, it makes it a little bit more reasonable to control yourself at the breakfast buffet. Okay. Well, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And let's talk for a minute about coffees because every single one of the hotels has a place <laughs> where you can get a good coffee or a mostly okay. okay coffee. They each have coffee, like, for instance, Paradise Pier in their lounge, you can get them. Mm-hmm. Hearthstone, you can get them. And also at the coffee shop at the Disneyland. So right. what's what's the best way to go when it comes to coffee drinkers? Besides black. The best way to go if, if you're, well, the best way to go is green tea, but that's not coffee. But that's... That's what I would do because green tea, you get a lot of the antioxidants and stuff that you need. And it, green tea is considered um, a flat belly food. You know, it's one of those things when you consume it regularly, it, it assists with the weight loss process. But if you're not a tea drinker and you really need your coffee and you can't drink it black, I can't drink it black. The best thing, you know, would be non-fat milk. And like stevia, if they have it, some sort of artificial sweetener. Um, the, the problem with artificial sweeteners, um, and that would apply to also diet sodas as well as mm. even the sugar-free syrups. Okay. Is when your when your cheese buds get that first hint of sugar, whether it's real sugar or artificial sugar, your body thinks it's getting sugar. It doesn't realize at the moment that, oh, this is no calorie sugar. It just thinks there's something sweet coming down the way here, and your pancreas will automatically release insulin. It prepares for the sugar even though you're not consuming sugar. So you can still get that insulin spike that you would get when you consume something sweet. The only difference is you're not actually consuming the calories. So you have to think about what that means to you. So limit limit the sweetness as much as you can. Um, I personally would put honey even in my coffee, but Lisa and I know exactly what it is I'm consuming. It's not just a random chemical. It yeah, it's something you can identify. And I know you know a tablespoon of honey has about sixty seventy calories in it, but I know exactly what I'm consuming. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was uh, in college back in the 80s and a chemistry major, we always were told about the whole fact that NutraSweet broke down into cyanate compounds when it got too hot mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And it also, we were also told that it actually stimulates your hunger center. Well, and that's just it because you're getting that insulin spike. Yep. Because you get the insulin spike, it will make you feel hungry later on. And because then your insulin spike and then your blood sugar will crash. You know, so 
that's the problem. People think they're drinking a diet soda or they're, you know, loading their coffee with a bunch of sweet and low, and it doesn't make it any better for you, really. It's just less calories, but you're still doing harm, and you're still setting yourself back because your body will then want more, it will crave more, and it will never be enough at that point. Okay. So we know hit the Starbucks, get the green tea. Get the green tea if you, if you can stomach it. You know, some people are not tea drinkers. My mother yeah. can't stand a smell or taste of tea. Um, and if you're going to do one of the fancy drinks, you know, yeah. um, like a cappuccino latte type thing, yeah. then try and stick with the cappuccino Try and because it's going to have less milk, more foam. Okay. Um, and that's going to be a little, you're going to be able to cut some of the, cut some of the fat out and the calories out that way you know, macchiato, things like that. Um, now, what are your thoughts so on going for, like soy, going for, like, a soy latte as opposed to a, a non-fat milk? You know, soy milk, it's so, it's so calories. I guess it depends on where you get your pleasure from. If that coffee really means a lot to you and that's how you like to start your day and that's going to really make or break your mood, then if it's that important to you, then have the soy milk or, you know, have the low-fat milk, but again, it's a question of where you want to put your calories. I'm very particular about that. You know, I don't particularly like to drink my calories. I get a lot of pleasure out of eating and out of food, Mm. and you know, to drink it almost seems like a waste for me. Okay, So it's all about what you want. Speaking of drinking calories, let's talk about one of the other features of all the hotels, and that is the mm-hmm. lounges and bars found mm-hmm. all around the place. The Hearthstone for, at the Grand, the um, Trader Sam's, wonderful place that it is over at the Disneyland, and, of course, um, the, oh, what's that place called? The uh, Surfside Lounge at the Paradise Pier. And there we have our, oh, and then that lovely also little lounge in front of Steakhouse 55 at Disneyland. So lots of places to get some great drinks, but mm-hmm. how, how but should we... we all know, I, I'm assuming we all know alcohol metabolizes as sugar. Yep. And it's just, it's, you look at a, like a shot of vodka and it's clear and it's small and you think, how bad can this be? It can be bad. You know, it, 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 if you're on a weight loss plan or some sort of diet plan, alcohol is extremely detrimental to that plan. I don't drink much at all. Um, when we went to Disneyland this past spring, the only alcohol I drank was when we went to Club 33 because it was a champagne brunch and I was not going to miss an opportunity to have some champagne in Disneyland. <laughs> you know, that was, <laughs> I was like, my husband doesn't drink at all. He hates the taste of alcohol. And the only things he drink. If it has an umbrella in it, he'll drink it. Um, but anything harder than, than a daiquiri, and he won't touch it. Um, but even he had to have some champagne because, like, we're in Disney, we're having champagne. So that was, for me, again, I drink but two or three times a year. And it's just not a worthwhile way for me to spend my calories. You can... You can consume a lot of calories in just a couple of drinks. Okay. And if you want to choose, if if you're you know having that once in a lifetime thing, what mm-hmm. what would be your better choice? Should you avoid 
any kind of cream-based alcohol, maybe stick with yeah. the red wine. Yes, anything that's getting mixed with milk, like a white Russian or a black Russian, you know, anything like that, you, you want to stay, stay away from stuff like that. I, I would stick with the red wine. They're they a little bit better for you. Um, and there, I mean, some studies show that, you know, a glass of red wine is good for you. So I would do that. You know, some people have an issue with the, um, the sulfates in the wine, and it gives mm-hmm. them a headache. Um, so if you can't do the red wine and you really want to have that drink, you know, maybe about the cranberry, something Ooh. like that, um, where you're getting nice. some fruit juice. Um, and, you know, you can also ask, I mean, that's a great thing about bars um, in that sense, is you can really ask how your drink is made. You can ask for extra ice, so it'll kind of water down the drink a little bit maybe and, and offset the amount of alcohol and other liquid in the glass. You could ask for extra juice and less alcohol, more alcohol, less juice. I mean, you can really kind of customize. Salt on the rim instead of sugar. Right. So you can really tell them how you want it. You know, when I go out, because I, I lost all my tolerance, tolerance to alcohol because I hardly drink at all. So I always tell them a very, you know, half a shot of alcohol for me because I know more than that and I'm not going to last. So and, and Nicole will be a fun girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nicole thinks she can waltz because she watches Disney princess movies after she's had a few. <laughs> so, um, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm you can always <laughs> and remind people too that they, if they want to, you know, have something, ask for you know, the the quote-unquote Shirley Temple version, but make it a drink with lots of fruit juice. Yeah, right? you know, I mean, the fruit juice still has a lot of sugar, but you know what, you're being social. It's it's better than having, um, you know, a, a pina colada, which is going to be really calorie-laden. Really yummy, but really calorie-laden. So, yeah, I would do the vodka, cranberry, things like that, things that are a little bit lighter. A virgin Bloody Mary. <laughs> virgin Bloody Mary. Well, those are going to be really high in sodium. Oh, that's true. Yeah. A, a Bloody Mary um, will make me so puffy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, be really careful. That's a lot of sodium in one glass. That's good to so know. I would say I would stay away from the Bloody Marys. Because, you know, you think having, you know, tomato juice I, I, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. Well, except it's not just tomato juice. It's Bloody Mary mix, and they season yeah. the heck out of it. You really do. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, it was just one of those things. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to quick serve. How? Okay. Um, one of the things, Tom, your favorite, your favorite item at Whitewater Snacks are the, are those nachos. Mm, I love nachos. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have the nachos than the drink. <laughs> there we um, go. I did learn something at Whitewater Snacks um, when we had our Disney the other week, and that is that, you know, because they have their Caesar salads packed cold, you can actually mm-hmm. ask them to make you a fresh, hot chicken breast. 
to go with your previously cold Caesar salad, and they will and they will be happy to do that for you with no issues. So, well, wow, now are those salads are the dressings packed separately? They are. They're not commercial pack separate dressing, but mm-hmm. yes, the dressings are indeed separate. Could you ask for a different dressing? I bet you could. That's what I would do. Caesar dressing is notoriously bad for you. Um, so if you're going to do the lettuce, and I'm assuming there's probably Parmesan cheese on it, which isn't yeah. terrible, terrible. Um, and then a grilled chicken. You know, if you could ask for some sort of white vinaigrette you'd be better off than with the Caesar. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, because I think they only have a small, if I remember right, they only have a small side salad versus the meal-sized Caesars. Right. So. Yeah. And what kind of sandwich would you go for? You have a choice between, say, a pork or a burger or a chicken sandwich. Well, it all depends on what you like. And, again, you're on vacation, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's always a lot of talk on the Diz about people saying, well, what else can I get aside from burgers? Because we eat burgers a lot in this country on, like, a weekly basis. A lot of people eat burgers all the time. And there's nothing really too special about a Disney burger that makes it worth worth getting. But if you love burgers, I'd get the burger. Um, ditch half the bun, maybe. And I would splurge on the cheese because, to me, I love melty cheese on a burger, but I'd rather have the cheese than half the bun. Um, The chicken sandwich is always a good choice. Again, it depends what your condiments are on it. If it's loaded with some sort of mayonnaise, then if you can ask for the mayonnaise to be um, left out if they're making it fresh, then stay away from things like that. But if it's just, you know, chicken on bread with some mustard... Um, that's not a bad way to go. And the pork, you said? Yeah. Do you know what, what kind of cut? Uh-huh. The, you know, like a loin? I don't think I know that answer. Come on, where's Whitewater Snacks? I'm looking for my Whitewater Snacks menu. If, it, if it's from like a loin type cut, you're, you know, it's, it's probably pretty safe. Pork's actually, I eat pork actually quite a bit, um, more than I eat beef. It's not too bad as long as you get the right kind of cut pork. Um, They're really lean and they can be really flavorful. They seem to take flavor very easily. Um, So if it's the right kind of pork, you know, we're not talking about ham and we're not talking about a thick slab of bacon, the pork might not be a bad way to go, again, depending on what your condiments are. Okay. That makes perfect sense. and the Whitewater Snacks menu that I have does not, st- yeah, I was thinking like the carnitas, well, and you can put those carnitas on your, on your, oh, carnitas, your I would do too, carnitas. Right? It's, carnitas are usually like a shoulder, come from the pork shoulder, and the way, if it's slow cooked, usually the fat cooks away, so... I mean, that's how I make carnitas, but um, if the fat's cooked away, I mean, it's not a bad way to go, especially if you're on vacation and it's something different. I see yeah. no problem with getting an order of carnitas. You know, again, it depends on, you know, it, it, at least with carnitas, you know you're not going to be served a big side of mayo, and 
that's half the battle right there. And they do offer a veggie burger at most of these kind of locations, too. So that's something that's on, you know, on there, but you may not think about it being on there, too. So, okay. Now, moving on to the last category of restaurants at the hotels, we have the really specialty restaurants. We have have Steakhouse 55 and we have the Napa Rose. And both, you know, especially the Naparos, they do, they work on local ingredients and such, but definitely high-end cuisine. Um, What do you do when you go to an average steakhouse, Nicole? Pretty much depends what I'm in the mood for, but, you know, again, a good cut of steak um, isn't horrible. It really isn't. in fact, I think in that email I sent you, and we're not talking about a quality steakhouse, but I think I pointed right. out that get, if you went to Chili's and got like a 10-ounce steak um, with broccoli, and I can't remember what the other side was, it was less calories than a salad. So you can actually do very well ordering a steak as long as it's so a good lean cut. You know, obviously a prime rib is going to be fatty. You want to kind of stay away from those those cuts of meat. And at a good steakhouse, luckily they they know their meat, and you can ask. And most waiters will know, you know what what exactly it is you you really want to get out of it. And as long as you watch your sides, you can indulge in the steak. There's no problem with that at all. You know, again, that would be a really great way to um, to spend a lunch if you're not spending lunch in the parks. Because you're building up that protein, going, you know, having a nice big steak, and then you can hit the parks again, and you're really going to have the energy you need. Eating a big steak at nine o'clock at night might not be the best idea. Okay, so your general recommendation would be to eat earlier meals. Yeah. In the evenings. Yeah. Again, eat for eat for what you're going to do. If you're okay. going to go to bed, you don't need to eat as much as if you're going to be walking around Disneyland all day. Okay. And with places, with Steakhouse 55, you, um, for those of our listeners who haven't been there, you do have your choice of free-range double-breasted chicken, uh, bone-in ribeye, broiled salmon, cold-water lobster tail, dry-aged bone-in oh. New York strip, filet mignon, herb-crusted rack of lamb, curabata pork porterhouse, porterhouse steak, and prime rib. So those are your... I mean, obviously, are, the best thing for you on that menu would be the broiled salmon. But if you're on vacation, get a nice lean cut of steak and just watch your sides. You know, maybe stay mm-hmm. away from the mashed potatoes. And the, you know, the sides the are fries. hard because they have the, the, the mm-hmm. chef's potato stock, stack au gratin, which, au gratin, which right. everybody I know on the team loves. Um, but they also offer a classic baked potato, which is a great way to control your sides for a potato. Because you can right, as long as you can actually not load it up with the sour cream and all of that, if you yep. can control how you eat your potato. But that's again, when you guys have talked about before, is look at the menu, see what else they offer, yeah. and if they offer some sort of maybe a chutney or something like that, be like, can I get that to go on my potato and build up your potato that way so it's not quite as bad. But you know, try to stick to the vegetables and things like that. For instance, they offer steamed asparagus with hollandaise, so you can leave off the hollandaise. 
Or, yeah, I love Or have it on the sauce. side. I could, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Get it on the side. You know, dip your, dip your asparagus tip into it and get the taste of the hollandaise without drowning your asparagus in a sauce that's primarily made of butter. There you go. Now, for the Napa, the Napa is a whole nother ball game. Okay. Because you get everything that's, um, you know, you've got, you get all the juices reduced into these amazing sauces and um, just anything you can think of. Let's see. Um, for instance, this summer they had braised spring rabbit and portobe- with portobello mushroom ragu. They had pheasant dumplings. They had, um, you know, uh, tempura fried lobster and spicy Asian beef salad. And that's just some of the... You know, if you're going to a place like Napa Rose on your vacation, pardon me, I'm sorry, I I talked over you. It's all good. Um, (laughs) But if you're going to some place like that, for most people, I think it's going to be a very special occasion. And as long as you're not getting anything really that's like deep fried and coated in, you know, butter, honestly, I'd have to say, make that your cheat meal. If you know you're going to be going there, chances are you have your reservations ahead of time. Know that day, I'm going here. I want to be able to eat what I want. And just watch your your diet for the rest of the day and make that your big cheat. And just go to town because that, you know, are you ever going to get a chance to go there again? Exactly. Some people may when, never. We used to eat there, you know, monthly when I first moved to California. Before we had the kids, we used to eat there monthly. And one of the things we figured out was we could easily make our meal better for us because we had plenty of times when we walked away from there feeling bloated and and just more, worse than when we came in. We weren't refreshed by our meal. It, we discovered the world of splits. And they are perfectly happy to split pretty much everything on the menu at the Napa, including the soups. You can actually get a split on the soup, and it'll come in little um, little espresso cups oh, that's instead. Cute. Which, yeah, it, they, they do that a wonderful you, job with that. Yeah, that way you get a sip, you get to see what it tastes like without having to drink a whole bowl of soup. Um, you know, that's true everywhere. If you can split something... That's a wonderful way to go because that way you can have, you know, tastes of something and not have to worry about consuming too much food at once because my biggest thing um, is portion control. I try and eat about six times a day and as long as my meals are small, you know, it's fine because, you know, two, three hours later I'm going to be eating again. It's when I eat those big meals and I indulge in those big meals, I walk away feeling like you talked about, bloated and almost just unhappy, like you just almost hurt because you've eaten so much. So if you can split things and eat little amounts and kind of then have a normal sized meal out of the splitting, that's a great way to go. Good. Well, it sounds like we've gotten some really good advice. Um, does anybody else want to throw in anything or ask, any, ask Nicole any questions? No, this is really good. No, I'm fine. It was interesting. 
Well, good. I think that pretty much wraps up talking about the different kinds of restaurants. Of course, you can always visit um, visit the Disneyland dining pages at com slash Disneyland slash dining. And check out all these things for yourself. And Tom has conveniently put links to um, some of our restaurant reviews also, so you can kind of get an idea Hey, Nancy, can I add one more thing for the listeners? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. I'm sorry. I, it just dawned on me because it was, again, something I brought up in the email, and um, I think it's a, it's a really big misconception that people have. Um, I heard, I've heard people on, I think maybe even the Orlando show, talk about it, and I've seen people talk about it on the Diz, and they talk about how many calories they're burning when they are walking around the park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's a really huge misconception that you are torching this vast amount of calories when you're walking around a park. You're really not. It's a sad, true fact. For instance, my, my metabolic rate, if I sit at home and I'm just reading and sitting quietly, I will burn about 50 calories an hour when I'm doing nothing at all. Now, if I'm walking around Disneyland... I, at a normal pace, and I've gotten on the treadmill to kind of see what it tells me my calorie burn is for an hour at the pace I would probably walk around Disney. It's about 146 calories an hour, but you're really not spending an entire hour walking. Mm-hmm. You're walking to someplace and you're standing in line. So the way I've done my, my math is in a given hour at Disneyland, I am probably burning about 65 calories. Now, at home, sitting on my couch watching TV, I'm burning 50 calories. So walking around Disneyland, I am only burning 15 more calories an hour than I would be at home anyway. That's so a, there isn't this... I was going to say, You have to look at your really net. Good. Yeah, you have to look at that net gain for a calorie burn. People don't. People think it's on top of, and it's really not, because your body's going to burn calories just sitting there anyway. So I'm really only burning 15 more calories an hour walking around Disneyland. I, I, I base that on walking around for about 20 minutes and standing in line for 40. I figured that was an average. Now, of course, if you're pushing a stroller, you're burning more calories. Right. If you're carrying a backpack, you're burning more calories. My husband and I always fight over the backpack because you know, I want to carry it because I'll get a greater calorie burn. But usually cast members really tease him that, you know, He's making his princess carry the backpack. You know, so there's other things. It's not counting that mad dash, you know, down, you know, through downtown Disney to make it for rope drop at California Adventure. It's not counting any of that. It's just, you know, a very general idea just to give give the listeners an idea that just because you're walking around all day and you're exhausted by the end of it doesn't mean you can you can consume a thousand more calories than you normally would because the math just doesn't work that way because you're probably already assuming a thousand more calories just because you're in the park (laughs) right and you're really yeah and you're not burning that extra thousand to really make up for it yeah so the only time point i wanted to make and no and that's a fabulous point because you know especially a lot of us who are um 
who are frequent flyers at the parks. You know, we mm-hmm. tend to take our time more. You know, we may not be as commando as when we first started going to Disney. Right. So, I mean, especially with when we had kids, we slowed down so much. My husband used to say I walked at Disney speed before we had kids. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. <laughs> It's but now you've got the kids, you're also doing, you're, you know, I'm assuming stroller pushing, you're lifting the kids now and then, so you're oh. also doing that, you know, so that's going to augment the math a little yeah. bit as well. When they but, get older, yeah, if you're doing, not so much. When they get older, well, when they get older, you might start speeding up again. That's true, because mine are sort of in that be like, Mom, hurry up! <laughs> so. No, that's a good yeah, point. That's a yeah, really it just kind point. of it almost it almost hurts me when I see people say that because I'm just like, oh, they're just setting themselves up for failure because people don't realize. Um, we tend to whether it's in real life and you're going to a gym or you're you know trying to change your lifestyle or whether it's at the parks, we tend to overestimate our activity level and you know the calories we're expending doing these activities, and we tend to underestimate what we're consuming, and that's why it, the whole process of weight loss and muscle building is so difficult for people. Oh, good. Nicole, thank you so much, because that really, I think, caps off this series in a, in a big way and in a really drive-it-home kind of way. Um, great information for everybody, and... Um, Gosh, <laughs> what can you say? This whole segment turned out better than I even thought it would. <laughs> it really has because, you know, a lot of people have been tuning into our Healthy Choices segments to kind of get a feel for what we think and what a fabulous way to cap it off. Well, thank so, you. I really appreciate the invitation to join tonight. And um, I couldn't be more pleased. And if anybody on the board has any questions for me, they can feel free to message me anytime. I'm more than happy to answer people's questions. Great. And Nicole is the host of our upcoming Arizona Meet. So if anybody out there wants to give a hand, please uh, get over that way too. Yes, that would be great. You know, I've got some people kind of giving me some potential feedback. I know we're hitting the holidays right now. It's going to get really busy. So I'm kind of thinking, and I'm starting a new job tomorrow, so I'm thinking, you know, maybe after the first of the year we could all get together through a conference call or, you know, if we could all meet up, you know, at a central location in Tucson and discuss it. But there are some really great ideas floating around. And um, I even also started a Facebook page thinking it might be a better way for us all to communicate. And that Facebook page is also on the the thread. So people can tune in that way. Yay. And if anybody wants to hear more on that, um, obviously we're talking, we talked to Nicole on our news show this week, so you might want to tune in for that segment. So, great. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Nicole. That is going to do it for this segment of the Disney Plus. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is much more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.